Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not gonna shout now. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 401. Wow, we did it, everyone. We did it. We did 400 episodes. Last week was the big, the big episode. And now we're just back to our normal lives, back to normal, normal numbers, non-milestone numbers like 401. 401 and fun. Hello, everybody. Um, You just missed it. I was just telling my Patreon subscribers about this TV show I wrote on and how it's not going to be airing, but I told them the inside info about what it was like and and uh, so if you want to join the Patreon, you get the video version every week, which is um, sometimes longer and sometimes comes out earlier than the audio version. And there are no ads. It's $5 a month. It's the best way to support me. And it's all I want for my birthday, which is August 28th. So, you know, do it if you can. If you join at the $3 level, you get the episode early. You get the raw audio. You don't get the video version bonus, but you get the raw audio, no ads, and you get that earlier as well sometimes. And uh, other random goodies like I might post so there you go. Patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. I am tired of promoting it. I know it's annoying. I had a hard time on social media this week with people telling me I'm a horrible person and stop promoting and all this. And so um, that's all I'm going to say. You want to join? Join. Don't. Don't. I'll promote it again another time. But um, I'm just sick of fucking saying it. So there's your reward for not joining is that I'm going to stop promoting it today. <laughs> oh my God, I'm Jen Kirkman. I'm a comedian. I'm an author. I am a TV writer. But right now I am the host of No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast. This is where I come not to do jokes or to write succinct sentences. This is where I come to just talk off the top of my head and be real about what's going on in my life and sometimes in the world and usually just in my head. Oh, and I'm going to talk about this week is I got to break up with a hairdresser. How I think hairdressers really 
you don't know until about, I'd say like a year, a little less than a year. That if if there if there's stuff about them you're not going to like, and a year goes by, you're probably good. But sometimes those true colors just come out. Like they always eventually show their colors. I don't know if anyone relates to what I'm talking about. If you're a hairdresser, I I mean no offense. Some of my best friends are hairdressers. That's not true. <laughs> I wish they were because I would like to get uh, some discounts. All right. I have no birthday plans so far. We're going to talk about that and that I'm excited about it. People are renaming shark attacks. Thank you. And people are getting disguises to get the vaccine because they're embarrassed. I, You guys, I'm going in. I can't. I can't take it anymore. I can't take the fucking stupidity anymore. So yeah, I got a haircut. My Patreon subscribers can see it. Oops, sorry, I mentioned Patreon again. I got the bangs back. The bangs are back. The bitch is back. It's not even how that song goes. Um, And I missed my bangs. I also, I love how it looks without bangs, but I like how... I look with them, if that makes sense. I just think at a certain age, throw some bangs up there. And, um, you know, they're long and they're in my face on purpose. I wanted them a little longer. I wanted the, just a curtain bang thing. French girl bangs. For my UK and Australians, fringe, fringe. I think fringe actually makes more sense than bangs. I don't really know why we call them bangs. Should I look that up? Why do we call them bangs? Oh, the term originally refers to the haircut bang off straight across the front. Although the term is now applied to diverse forms of hairstyling. It's probably related to a bang tail, a term still used for the practice of cutting horses tails straight across. Right. Uh, But in England and everywhere else, it's called fringe. I prefer fringe, folks. Anyway, so, you know, my haircuts, my hair is pretty short in the back, pretty layered, and I had that sort of angled to the front haircut, but I think that looks weird when you add bangs to it. So I was like, maybe we can shag it out um, so that I can grow it out, shag it out to grow it out. I was, does that make sense? Because I had one hairstyle that was meant to be bangless, fringeless. And so if I add the bangs fringe to this, haircut, I needed to kind of change it. So the whole thing is a little shorter than I want, but I cut it so that it'll grow into what I want, which is like kind of a just hitting above my shoulder, shaggy, shaggy, just bunch of hair kind of, you know, that kind of razored shag look, which I love. And little like blonde highlights here and there. I like it to look a little rock and roll, but not like Joan Jett rock and roll. I like it to look a little bit like, I don't know, just give me that kind of like yeah, like I just French girl, like that kind of messy, whatever. I don't put a lot into my hair. Um, that kind of chic is what I'm looking for. And my hairdresser is very nice. She's relatively new in my life. I found her last year during COVID, as you remember, um, last August things were pretty raging, but the numbers were going down a little bit. And for a hot second in LA, outdoor things were open for a while. I can't even remember anymore. It's been so long. And here we are back again. I'm basically 
basically locking myself down. I am seeing friends in their homes, but that's probably dangerous. I don't even know. I don't even know. So she had an outdoor chair. Um, She has some, you know, she has a kid, elderly parents. They all, you know, live near each other and see each other a lot. And I mean, obviously she lives with her kid and she, you know, has some stuff that she feels like her immune system isn't that great. And she didn't want to get COVID. And so she had an outdoor chair and we would double mask and do a haircut outdoors. I mean, pretty safe stuff. And I, I found it because I Googled outdoor hair salons in LA. She owns the salon. She's been doing hair a long time, decades, and she's really good. And when I went to her, I was like, listen, I'm the kind of client who's going to keep changing their hair all the time. I've always done, I cannot keep a haircut for very long, but it's always in the same vein where it's shaggy, there's random blonde pieces, and I go back and forth between bangs, but I'm not a picky customer in that if you make a mistake because I've instructed you to do something weird, like I literally don't care. I'm not that vain about it, which is true. Um, so nobody needs to worry because I'm going to come in and go, can you do this over here? But a little of that over there, like, I don't know. I always say, I don't really know what I want. And I'll show pictures of people and I'll go, I know this person has thicker hair than me and this is heavily styled. So can you talk me down from wanting this cut? And they'll be like, yep, this is what you should do. You know, that kind of thing. I'm not annoying. I promise. I'm very communicative and I always ask for advice. Like, am I asking you to do a thing that like, isn't in your artistic desire, if that makes sense. You know, um, I I went, I used to go to a fancy, fancy salon in LA. And I could tell the guy cutting my hair, he was um, like a young gay guy. And he was like, I think he just liked to do like pretty things to to make women look pretty. Like he liked to do that kind of long hair with the biolage or balage or whatever, you know, that kind of ombre like and highlights and like wavy and like super long and, you know, like Jen Aniston beachy. And I, I mean, I, I just can't do that cut, you know? And I think he just didn't want to do my weird, like androgynous rocker haircuts that I've had my whole life, you know? And so he would always just kind of be like, I think he was just always hated it. <laughs> And then kind of didn't really do it that well because I don't think that was his specialty. So I was like, I got to find someone. I You always got to find like a Gen X woman with tattoos that likes to do a shag, you know, and the shag haircut. And so I thought I would found that. And then I went and I liked what she did. And then I don't know. I just kept going. And I was like, I know that hairdressers probably complain about us all the time because I know that when people go to the hairdresser, it's like for some people, it's their therapy. And since I go to therapy, I do not abuse my hairdresser. I do not sit there and talk and complain about my life. I usually have my laptop. So if it's like a long procedure that involves dyeing hair and stuff like that, I have my thing so I can work. And, you know, I'm chit chatty, but not overly. And I'm perfect. All right. But I noticed with this woman, I was like, I was her therapy. She just complained a lot. And I know, listen, we were in a pandemic. Everyone's mood was a little bit crazy. But she would just start to grate on my nerves. And say, I don't know. I don't think any of the politicians know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And Choa said, you know what I mean? 
And I really hate the, I don't think the politicians are know, know what they're doing conversations. I don't, I'm just like, it just reminds me of bad stand-up from the 80s. Do you know what I mean? I mean, both sides can't help us. That's just not true. Politics is messy and complicated. And yeah, democracy is annoying and it's this just big mess of things that can make things hard to pass. It seems to move too slow for some. I get it. I mean, listen, I'm not offended on behalf of politicians. I just don't like to have those conversations because it feels so dumbed down that I just go, yeah, yeah, no, I know. No one doesn't. And it's like, you know, she was just like, no one knows what they're doing about COVID. It's like, yeah, it's true. But I don't know how to explain it. I really don't know how to explain it. Like as mad as I was at Governor Newsom for what seemed to me to be just not following the science and opening things, it bothered me. But then there's other people would argue, well, I'm going to lose my fucking business here because the federal government's not paying for us to close. And then I go, oh, well, yeah, what else is he going to do? I knew it was complicated. I know it's very easy to play governor from my living room. You know, and when he went to, what he had that kind of dinner, French laundry at, at some fancy restaurant with a bunch of other Democrats indoors, no masks. This is pre-vaccine. I mean, yeah, that's the dumb. What did you guys think? I mean, I don't think they thought it was going to get out, but it did. And I'm sure they had like access to all the testing and I'm sure it was as safe as they could make it. But it, you don't do that. It's bad optics. But that doesn't mean because he had a bad optic moment that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's just bad it's just not great, you know? When Bill Clinton was getting his uh, blowjob under the desk from Monica Lewinsky, you know what he was doing? He was dealing with trying to get bin Laden. And we got close. And it wasn't because he was getting a blowjob that we didn't get bin Laden. But, but the fact that he even knew to go after this guy and he was getting intelligence briefings from Richard Clark who the Bush administration promptly fired, even though Richard Clark had served, um, I think it was as intelligence director under many Republican presidents. It wasn't, it's not a partisan job. And Richard Clark had been warning about Osama bin Laden forever. Bill Clinton took him seriously. And they were trying to get him. So that doesn't mean that, oh, Bill Clinton got a blowjob. He was a bad, he was bad at policymaking. no. I mean, yes, some of the policies, but none of that was because of blowjobs. Governor Newsom did the stupid thing at the restaurant. That doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's doing. So anyway, I just, you know, there's nuance in talking about politics, right? And, I, and unless we're going to have a nuanced discussion, I really just, I can't small talk it. I can't sit there and have someone go, and they don't know what they're doing. You know when you know more about something than someone and they're doing like the dumbed down thing and you're like, ah, oh, this is killing me, but I don't want to like get into explaining things to them and I don't want to fucking like even talk about this. So it's just stuff like that. But there was always complaining like, you know, this and that, that and this. And it's like, you know, listen, like, I, I don't know. I just didn't want to hear the complaining. Uh, and then it would just like, 
slowly become about so now we're like doing indoor haircuts but with masks and it's slowly like the water heater is broken though this is like i'm hearing about like how much it costs to run a salon and like and and it's fine but it's like i just i just want to go somewhere where it doesn't end up that they get so comfortable with me that they start telling me all their problems like just run a salon keep it fun make me feel pretty put me in a good mood play the fucking music and let's let's go like i don't want to hear about your fucking kid's immune system or the fact that, you know, people don't realize how much it costs to actually run a salon. And just like, dude, no. Hang on. I have to text my friend who's texting me about White Lotus. Um, no, I'm recording my podcast right now and I'm dying to see it. Gonna watch in about half hour. Did you? Don't tell me anything. Um, Sorry, it's my friend Lisa. So anyway, anyway, so I go get my haircut. And what she always says to me is, I get you. You can sit here with me and I'll talk you through any weird haircut you want. I totally get it. And you can call me and pop in any time and we'll play it by ear. Like she's, she says she's this thing that, that she's not. So um, she'll be like, and if there's any problems with the color, just let me know. So something happened a few months ago and she's been resentful of me ever since. So I, when I went in a few months ago, she touched up my roots because I have, you know, lots of gray hair on my roots. But when she did it, when she rinsed it out, it somehow just kind of got into my blonde bits, which is fine. That happens. And she put a little toner on it that made my blonde bits like not stand out. To the point where friends were like, oh, did you get rid of your blonde bits? And I was like, no, I think this toner is covering them up that she put on it. And I gave it like 10 days, you know, a couple washes, and it still hadn't brightened back up. And I had a photo shoot. I was getting like new headshots. And so I texted her. I was like, hey, I think the toner may have been a little strong and my blonde bits aren't showing up as much. Is there, do you have anything you recommend? Like, should I put lemon in my hair? Should I use, you know, more purple shampoo or less? Should I... Or is it something she'd always be like, you can always pop in and I'll pop a new toner. And she and then she wrote back really defensive. Well, it shouldn't be that way. I didn't do anything to them. And and so I don't know, maybe you're looking at your hair in a dark bathroom or something. And I was like, oh, no, it's it's like even in the sunlight. And and she's like, well, I don't know. She's like, but I really want you to have the hair you want for your photo shoot. So if it still doesn't look right, you know, in a few days, let me know. Um or next week. And I was like, oh, my, sh my shoot's in a few days. Um, I wasn't trying to even squeeze in. I really just was kind of asking about a certain shampoo and just to see what she had done. So, And she was like, well, I don't have anything open. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not trying to come in. I was just wondering. She's like, you're using the purple sh shampoo too much. That's what it is. I was like, oh, no, I actually haven't used it at all. But that, that was my question. Should I use it or not? Like, it was weird. And I was like, okay, this doesn't sound like the woman who was like, text me anytime if there's a problem. So I just sort of flagged that. And I was like, do not like. And then uh, my hair ended up brightening up. I don't know what it was. So then I made an appointment. This is so boring, but I'm getting somewhere. I made an appointment for June. Just for a trim. And then I went, why am I doing that? I'll just wait till August when I get my color done again. I don't need a trim. So I tried to reschedule my own appointment on her website, but it said like there was nothing for the rest of the summer. And I was like, that's weird. So I texted her and said, hey, I'm trying to uh, reschedule my trim for August. And then I also want to add in color. Can you... um 
help me with that. She's like, oh yeah, um, I'm just sort of taking clients I want to see right now. Like I don't have my thing open online or something. And I was like, oh great. So she's like, let me fix that all up for you. And she's like, what time do you want? And I was like, oh, 10.30 is great because I'm getting on a flight that I was supposed to be getting on a flight that day, which was last week. So I'm getting on a flight later that day. She's like, or you could come at 12, which might be better for traffic. I was like, oh, I can. I'm getting on a flight. So, and I said, so cut and collar. She's like, yep, all good. And then um, I put it in my calendar as 1030, cut and collar. Now, this is where it's my fault. The website or whatever sends out automatic reminders. And I got about three of them the week of my appointment that was like, your upcoming appointment for the blah, blah, blah salon. And I would just see that in the email and be like, oh, yeah, I already know. And I would hit delete. And in the email, I went back and looked. It blatantly said noon for a cut. But she put it in wrong. Um, but I was wrong not to, uh, no, like not to read the email and go, oh shit, this isn't what I, anyway, so I got there at 1030 and this woman that worked there was like, oh, she's not in yet. I think she's in at 12 today. I was like, did I fuck up? And then she's like, let me call her. And she's like, yeah, Jen's here. And I'm like, it's okay. I'll go to the coffee shop. Um, and so, she, so, but my hairdresser made a decision to like run right in. And I was like, this is so weird because I know I wouldn't have booked noon because at the time I was supposed to be getting on a flight later. But it's my fault because I didn't read my reminder email. She's like, it can get confusing. A lot of people, if they're used to coming in at 1030, they just automatically assume. Like, she kept acting like she didn't make the original mistake. And I was like, this is my bad. I didn't read the reminder email. And she kept insisting that I have it in my head. I always come at 1030. And that's why I did. And I'm like, that's not even a thing. I haven't, whatever. I hate when people do that. I was like, you know, remember we were texting about it and you were going to set the appointment. And she's like, no. She's like, I remember you specifically asking for a trip. So, uh, okay. She wouldn't acquiesce on it at all. You know how sometimes when you're running a business, even if you know it's your fault, not your fault, you're like, whatever. I'll just say it's my fault. Like there was no, there was no give there, which is totally fine. And I kept apologizing as you didn't have to come in early, but she lives like next door. I was like, I, I would have gone to the coffee shop. She's like, no, no, no. I want to accommodate you, blah, blah, blah. So last time I was in there, I'm not lying. Last time I was in there, she's after she did my hair and dyed, dyed it brown, she went, oh, I think I need to do a little bit of a cooler tone of brown on you next time because this looks like a little bit, has too many like red tones. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, next time let's do that. So I said, oh, you were going to make a note that next time you wanted to do something cooler? She's like, I didn't say that. And I was like, oh, She's like, no, see, people get confused. And then just kept saying people get confused again. And then she went and brought out all these hair swatches and was like, this is what this color is. And it was really helpful. But I just, I literally was like, she told me last time to remind her. And I was like, something's off. Like, she's having an off day. Our hormones aren't syncing up. Like, just, you know, sometimes things are just off with someone. So she started being like, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that when you're in the sun, it's going to make your hair look a little redder. And she was explaining tone to me in a way that's like, yeah, but again, I'm just doing a thing you asked. But also, I've been getting my hair done for 30 years and um, I've had other hairdressers be able to make my hair not look red-ish, you know, um, whatever. Okay, so... Then she's like, what are we going to do about the cut? And I was like... I don't know. I actually think we should. Um, I, I want to play around with some layers. And I and she said, I said, I think I want some bangs, but I want to start small. Like I want I want like 
you know, I want them down past my nose so that it's just like two curtain things I can swipe aside. Um, maybe not exactly bangs. She's like, oh yeah, let me do that. Let me just get them off right now. And she just literally just took her scissors and went and just cut all the hair off. And it was like, the bangs were right under my eyes. I was like, oh my God. She's like, what? You said you want a bangs? I'm like, you know, but because she was like, oh, I'm going to go real slow. I'm just going to cut the hair down to your nose and then we'll keep going up from there. And you tell me if you want it to actually turn into bangs or just have like side feather. And then she literally within one second forgot she did that, cut it. They were bangs. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's It looks good. I'm just, okay. Because I thought, thought we were going slow. So then she's, uh, doing the layers and there's just two long pieces in front and it looks really weird like I'm trying to look punk rock I was like I think these are a little too long can we just break she's like so what do you want she's like because you know you're telling me to give you three different haircuts and it was really aggressive like and I was like oh I I thought we we're just doing kind of like a shaggy bob but like you know these pieces are gonna be longer than the back just because they are but like do they have to be as long and she's like you know, my time's really important, but meanwhile, no one else is in the salon and this wasn't taking any more time than a normal haircut. She's like, I mean, I can work with you, but to a point. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I was like, what is happening? It was like a whole new person. And I know she was probably just having a bad day, but I'm going to need a little self-awareness where someone goes, I'm so sorry, I'm having a bad day. Or even later, be like, I'm so sorry. I was having a bad day. Um, and she didn't. And I was like, so then she cut it to what I had asked. And then when she saw it, she goes, oh, that makes total sense. I know what you were asking now. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for pushing me the way you kept pushing me because it does look better this way. And I'm like, well, I wasn't pushing you. I said, can we cut this? So it was really weird. And I was just like, the energy is way fucking off, way fucking off. And I... I just had a bad feeling when I left and I was like, I know I should give people more of a chance, but I don't feel like it. I don't want to go back there anymore. And I'm not, I'm not usually like this. I'm very loyal normally, but um, I'm going to go to a new place next time. Great story, Jen. But you know, post-pandemic, I don't have time in my life to sit and listen to people's fucking small business problems. I, I want to have a good time at the hair salon. Not that good of a time. I don't want like ooh, ooh, music, but come on. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Anyway, I'm not sure what I think about my hair. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I, I, have a midlife, I have a midlife crisis about my hair all the time. And it has nothing to do with having a midlife crisis. I'd, I'm actually the opposite of someone who has a midlife crisis. I'm, I'm like, it's all gravy to me. I don't, you know, like, it's weird to get older, but I'm not like, what did I do with my life? What should I do with my life? It's like, it doesn't matter. The galaxy is huge. Who cares? 
I really just have a good attitude about that stuff. But my hair is always like, what do I want my hair to look like? Oh my God, I just watched that UFO documentary, a docuseries on Showtime. It's so good. It really, J.J. Abrams did it. It really takes apart the recent revelations that the Pentagon released the UFO reports and that guy, Luis Alonzo, who was working with, um, oh, who was he working with? That, 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 that singer, um, to the stars. Hang on. Oh God. Blink 182. Wait, Luis Elizondo and to the stars. Yeah. Blink 182, Tom DeLonge. So there was this one guy in the documentary who said, you know, the CIA is, God, is this, this, <laughs> did you think you were listening to one of these podcasts? You know, man, the CIA is really, no, but the CIA uh, uses UFO sightings to its advantage. Like they're not saying there aren't any. And when I say UFO, I don't just mean unidentified flying, flying object. I mean, like, let's, let's call them spaceships. They use the notion of spaceships to their advantage in that, you know, uh, They've gone now that certain, um, I, I don't know, like, th- like now that we have drones in this documentary, documentary, they went back and explained, oh, you know, certain UFO sightings were us testing drones. We couldn't let anyone know because we didn't want our adversaries to get the technology. So I do believe a lot of the time it's us testing out things. And it kind of, this one guy kind of explained the Phoenix Lights, the sighting of 1997, just that giant thing hovering in the air, where like they wanted you guys to think it was um, UFOs. Because they were testing out this thing that could, I don't know, do something, go into space without a rocket. And, And it is silent. And in the 50s, they were testing these balloons that go... 300,000 feet up and could spy on Russia. And they let people think some of those were UFO sightings. So the CIA, every once in a while, when it's trying to cover up something that we're developing, they will push through these UFO stories. And I, I, that makes sense to me. I mean, the CIA is a special ops unit. I mean, it's, it's about kind of the job is giving disinformation to the public so they can do other things. And so this one guy, now I don't know how credible he is, but he was saying that he believes this guy, Luis Elizondo, who was, um, there was this thing called the AATIP, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And he's the one that's been going around the last year saying, you know, guys, I don't know what this technology is that all these, you know, Navy and Air Force pilots are seeing, but it's otherworldly. I mean, he's basically saying that. And the Pentagon fired me and all this. And then this documentary talks about how he, there's no record of him ever working there. And he was an in- counterintelligence officer in Afghanistan, but he wasn't working. Like, it's kind of like this man might be just a CIA op who's here to push this shit. And he joined Tom DeLong's thing called To the Stars, which is the guy from Blink-182 is like devoting his life to finding out about the existence of spaceships, basically. You know, finding out what these UFOs are. And what the documentary posited was that 
you know, Tom DeLonge's kind of a useful idiot. He doesn't know he's being used by the CIA to keep these stories going. Now, by the way, I love all of this. I find this all thrilling, exciting. The plot thickens. I do think there are unidentified flying objects. Are they from other galaxies? I can't wrap my head around it, but sure, I'm just going to say yes. And then also, I think we are testing things and people see them and we have to cover it up. Okay, both sound good. It's a both. It's a bother. But if, I'm always a little disappointed when I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Because, you know, you just think everything's going to wrap up nicely, right? You know, the climate report came out and it's like, it's bad. It's like my Netflix special, I, I'm going to die alone and I feel fine. In my first joke, I say, I really don't like when climate scientists say soon or it's getting bad. I'm always like, just put it to me in terms I can understand. Can we start smoking again? I'd say we can start smoking again, people. I'm not going to, but, you know, it's like code red, code red. But I want aliens at the same time. I want it all. Jesus coming back, aliens, the ocean's on fire. Let's Armageddon it up. Armageddon out of here. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I'd love to believe aliens are here. Again, as I talked about in a bonus episode of my Patreon last week, I think that they might be Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. Something's off about those two. Anyway, all that to say, all that UFO stuff. What was the point of all that UFO stuff that I was saying? Did I have a fucking point? I don't think I did. I think I just, I think that just popped into my head. But it was interesting. It was taking you through like the psychological trauma you know like all it, it the, the only thing that's interesting to me though is and this is the part where i'm always like yeah see this is where i can't totally get behind aliens and spaceships is all of this really revved up after world war ii and i feel like at that point we must have been testing some pretty crazy stuff i feel like we were it's all cold war stuff you know um trying to develop things to beat the Russians. And I, I just, I feel like they really were like, look over here, aliens, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. But they were talking kind of like the collective trauma of people and people who say they've been abducted. There was this one psychiatrist that believed everybody who said they were. And I, I don't think anyone's ever been abducted by aliens. Like Betty and Barney Hill, I don't believe it. I think what happened with them is that they were an interracial couple and I think the government was fucking with them. I think something was following them and fucking with them. Now, I don't know why. Like, it's not like, oh my God, I better not be in an interracial couple. Those seem to be um, the couples that aliens probe. I mean, I don't know, but there's just something about their story where I'm like, ah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like the height of the civil rights movement you know, where in some places it's not even legal to be in an interracial couple. This interracial couple is like driving through the woods in Vermont and an alien ship lands and probes them. I mean, they've, this is a huge story. You know, they, this was documented on TV. They, they did regression therapy and they were, they were thought to be telling the truth. I do believe they're telling the truth. I'm sure somebody did probe them. I think it was a government thing. I don't know why, but I, I can't explain it. 
I don't know why. I have no clue why. Some, if something happened to them, I still can't. I don't think aliens have ever come down and probed anyone. I just don't. I always think it's like you've had trauma and it's putting itself in your memory as an alien visitation. Whether you had emotional trauma or physical trauma, I don't know. I just can't believe it. And I apologize to any of my listeners who think they've been abducted by aliens. At the same time, the thought of aliens living amongst us is so terrifying to me. As opposed to them just like flying around visiting. I'm like, oh, that's cute. But then the minute that I have to start looking under my bed when I get home for a potential alien, I don't like it. They're just not cute. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, not even E.T. was cute. And you can fool yourselves all you want. E.T. was not cute. If you saw E.T., you would fucking scream. Just like little Drew Barrymore did. E.T. had a weird body, a big head, not furry and fun like a cat, those big eyes. I don't trust his fingers were long. I feel like they had the strength of an ox. He could choke you out with two fingers. Give you a peace sign and then wrap it around your neck. I know E.T. turned out to be real nice. He had a heart light, all of that. I get it. In general, though, E.T. is not cute. We were, we, were, we were groomed to find him cute. He's just not. That's my hot take of the day. So, speaking of sharks, aliens and sharks, am I fun or what? Oh, don't give me this. I have to pay for it the telegraph.co.uk. I'm I'm all about paying for journalism, but come on. I'm just going to re-Google it. Okay, shark attacks are going to... This is the happiest news I've heard all summer. As you know, I am pro-shark. I have never agreed with the term shark attack because they are not attacking. You are in their home and they're confused. If you were sitting in your living room, on the couch, watching TV, and you're like, oh my God, I want to order Postmates so badly. I just want to get, I don't even know. I think I want to get a milkshake and dip some French fries in it. No, I want a big bar of chocolate. You know what? I, that's what I want, a big Snickers bar. So you're craving a Snickers. And all of a sudden, somebody just walks into your home, but it's not a person. It's like a life-size Snickers bar walks into your home and it's already unwrapped. And it doesn't have feet. It like somehow moves without, it's a, just a straight up Snickers bar. It's actually real and it's life-size. And it comes over to the couch and starts just kind of existing around your mouth area and you, and you bite it. That's what's happening when a shark attacks you. It doesn't know what you are. You look to them like a Snickers bar, like a thing they're going to eat. It looks like, you know, what? Well, they don't eat Snickers. You know what I mean? They think you're some other fish they're going to eat. And they bite into your bony ass and they're like, ugh. You have come into their home dressed like a Snickers bar and you have the audacity to say they're attacking you. Anyway, so sharks are set to be renamed negative encounters. Couldn't they... Get 
some writers on this negative encounters. Why don't you call it accidental bites or something? Mistakes. Um, mouth, mouth mistakes. Teeth, teeth oopsies. Bite boo-boos. Oopsie, oral oopsies. Scientists in Australia are trying to improve perceptions of the animal and stop putting people going off to the beach. The change in terminology has been decided despite the great number of fatal shark attacks in the past year. An official in Queensland told a recent shark conference that the state would prefer the term bites over attacks, reports the Sydney Morning Herald. The Queensland Shark Smart Information website lists how swimmers can minimize your risk of a negative encounter with a shark. I say just stay out of the fucking ocean. You'll reduce the risk pretty well. Only 18 unprovoked bites have been reported in Australia. Six of them were fatal. Well, in the U.S., there have been three deaths caused by a shark bite. See, this is hardly a fucking epidemic, people. More people die shooting fireworks off on the 4th of July. More people die because they won't get a vaccine. Do you understand? Sharks are not the problem. Earlier this week, a drunk man was mauled to death by a shark after walking into the sea to pee on a Brazilian beach. Don't do that. You're drunk. You probably wouldn't have happened if you weren't drunk. You probably would have been like, oh, I think I see a shark. But he's like, a teenage girl described the shocking moment. She lost her leg in a horrific shark attack. I love this article keeps going. Oh, but we're going to keep saying shark attack. A surfer in Australia had to be rushed to the hospital after being savaged by a shark. You can't put an emotional word behind that. The, The article does not obey what the shark aficionados are saying. What a, I was going to say, what a cunty website. I'm sorry I said it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, I I honestly, like, I'm so angry about the variant, the Delta variant. I'm so angry about how preventable this was. I'm so angry at how fast we got the vaccines um, rolling and, and available. And I know we couldn't have stopped the Delta variant. It was coming. But if everybody had gotten vaccinated... And I think if we had stayed masked a little longer, this wouldn't have happened the way it's happening. I mean, people are just dying because of the misinformation. And I am so exhausted by what's happened to the world. You know, I was just thinking the other day, my friend is a dog sitting at like this kind of fancy mansion. And um, she was like, oh, come over. You know, I went over last night and I was driving. It was just so beautiful, you know, up a Mulholland Drive and, you know, we're like sitting in the pool at sunset. And I was like, God, what a gorgeous world. And I just thought, I got to take these moments and really just enjoy this goddamn gorgeous earth 
that, you know, we're destroying. I've got to enjoy these moments that aren't where I'm, I don't have to hear or know about people who don't believe science. And yeah, maybe, maybe the rest of my life will be a lot different than the first half of my life. You know, I didn't have the internet most of my life, as, as I say all the time. I didn't have to deal with knowing what people thought of me. I didn't have to deal with weird comments. I didn't have to deal with the climate crisis being what it was. And of course, we were concerned about it. It just hadn't. We cannot stop the fucking fossil fuel industry. And here it is. You know, it's too late. But I can have these beautiful memories of my life. And I can savor, like, maybe that's what life will be like from here on out, is savoring the small moments where there isn't a giant fire going on in my state because of the climate, where there isn't a drought, where there isn't flooding, where there isn't people not getting vaccines. I don't know. I just have to savor these little moments and be so grateful that I've even seen the earth in all of its beauty, all the different times I've gotten to travel, you know. I have gotten a lot out of Earth before the climate crisis. I mean, I think I've always been living during the climate crisis, but to where it's maybe going to be unlivable when we're older. Is this a fun podcast? It's a comedy podcast, right? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I just, sometimes I just need, I just wish I didn't know. I mean, I I guess it's not, yeah, it's like I want to live in a bubble. I don't want to know about all these people that won't get vaccinated. I just can't take it. It's so anxiety producing. I, You know, my anxiety symptoms don't look like they used to, where they used to be literal more phobias. You know, I feel like I can't breathe when the subway is stuck underground. Now that's nothing. I just kind of walk around in a constant state of dread and just disappointment in my fellow human. You know, I just... I remember, you guys, I remember this so clearly when I worked at one of my many dot-com jobs in the late 90s. And I just remember someone saying that newspapers were going to go out of business and that people would start to read news online. And I was like, that's bad. And they said, no, no, it's just going to be like, there's going to be newspapers. It's still the Washington Post. It's still the New York Times. It's just going to be able to read it online. And I went, I know, but that means that Like when I pick up a newspaper and I get the print on my hands, I've been conditioned my whole life. That's the news. That's mostly the truth. I said, but if people are looking at the New York Times online and the Washington Post online, what if someone just writes something on like a blog and then people think that's carries just as much weight. And they were like, oh, the younger generation is going to be smarter than that. It's the older people that we have to worry about. I go, yeah, maybe, but I can also make a case that the older people did grow up with newspapers. So they'll at least know somewhere in their mind, but, but I guess it's, but it, but it's equally affected both the older and younger generation. I mean, all of us, you know, I just remember thinking it's not good. I just didn't ever like the idea of online. It never excited me. I just always, I got this really doomed feeling when the internet started to become huge. I was like, this can't be fucking good. And now I rely on it to make a living or part of my living. Ah, I mean, I guess that's kind of miraculous, but anyway. So here's something that I can't believe. People in Missouri are getting the COVID vaccine in disguise. 
Please, I need to see pictures. What are people doing? Is it? I mean, this is what every '80s sitcom was based in in homophobia, and uh, you know, like, yeah, it was like every sitcom was like bosom buddies. We're dressing up like women so we can live in this all women building. You know, um, yeah, I was gonna say Three's Company, but Jack Tripper didn't wear a disguise or even quote act gay, but um, or did he? And if I don't even remember, but yeah, this like it's like an episode of Bosom Buddies or like Mrs. Doubtfire, like hello. <laughs> I'm here to get my vaccine. Like, why are you wearing a disguise in case people you know see you? Well, if they're at the vaccine site, then they're getting it too, unless you're just going to CVS and you see your neighbor there, you know, getting a six pack to watch the game and some toilet paper to wipe their fucking ass. I don't know why I'm so mad. Like people who wipe their ass are bad people. We should all be wiping our asses. Oh my God, I hate my hair right now. Um, Sorry. I got a camera on me, people, and I, I, I just looked and ugh. Anyway, people in Missouri are donning disguises to receive a coronavirus vaccine, according to a doctor there. Dr. Priscilla Fraze, a hospital with Ozarks Healthcare, said that patients are worried about how their family members and friends will treat them if they reveal they have been vaccinated, and they ask Fraze to tell no one they've been there to see her. Fraze said nobody should feel pressure to get something that they want. We've got to stop ridiculing people who do or don't want to get the vaccine. Nah, 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 nah. We ridicule those who won't get the vaccine. What about the children? They can't get it yet. Well, I'm obviously not talking about them. Am I anxious mom who sits in the corner of my podcast studio? Okay, well, I just didn't want you to forget. Children can't get them yet. I know I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about people who can and won't because they think there's something uh, poisonous in it. And they, they don't understand that FDA non-approval doesn't mean it's not approved. It means it's just a bureaucracy thing that hasn't gone through yet. Okay, just want to remind you, kids can't get them. I fucking know, anxious mom. That's it. That's the articles. Two, two paragraphs. Show me pictures of the disguises. Are they in trench coats, hats? Come on. Do your job, media. All right, let's read some listener emails. Oh, my God, was this? So I've decided to do nothing for my birthday. Now, this is the first time in my life. I I have been doing so much work on myself in the pandemic, realizing things about myself that I'm like, oh, wait, this is just who I am. Like, I don't fucking need to worry about if I, you know, rent instead of own or that I, you know, uh, choose not to be in a relationship. And there's all kinds of like, I know I really always seemed like someone who really owned who they were, but it's not totally true. I was always kind of trying to act as if I owned it. The only thing I've ever totally owned is that I don't want kids because it was never a choice. I just didn't want kids. It just never dawned on me. I just it never dawned on me. Um, I find it even boring to talk about. I just didn't want them. I don't even care. It was I never labored over it. It was never a choice. I was never pregnant, never had to make that choice. If we're talking about it, like from an abortion standpoint, that's never happened. I've never, I've never been like, oh my God, um, should I have kids someday? Like just always never dawned on me. Like the same way that like going skydiving, like never dawned on me. Um, I know it exists. Uh, I don't think I could do it. So anyway, 
but I used to, I, I have to admit, you know, there's always been this thing about my birthday deep down where it's like, I've got to do something for my birthday and, you know, because it really is the, the kind of like the beginning of the new year for you, you know, uh, unlike New Year's Eve, it's, <clears throat> you know, how you spend your birthday dictates how you're going to spend the rest of the year. I just, I'm not doing it anymore. You know, I spent my 40th birthday in Sweden because I got a gig. <clears throat> I was by myself and I wrote about this in my book. I know what I'm doing in other lies I tell myself. And my my friend in Sweden, Greg Poehler, who um, I didn't even know him until I got there, but we just like became fast friends. And he was like, I got to set you up with my friend. You're going on a date on your birthday. I'm like, no, I'm not actually. Um, and he made me go on a date with his friend and I did and I hated it. And I was like, why did I just go on a fucking date on my 40th birthday? Like I went on a blind date in Sweden. It was awful. In Stockholm. <laughs> and I didn't get Stockholm Syndrome. Quite the opposite. I was actually in Lund, Sweden. But then I went to Stockholm for the day. Because I was like, hey, I, had a, I was in this festival and I had a day off from shows. And I was like, I'll just tool around a little bit. That was fun. I love riding trains in foreign countries where I don't speak the language. And I have no idea what anyone's saying. And I'm like... I know the ticket says Schlunkendonken. Just get off at Schlunkendonken and just, but it's can be, there's a, something that's a, a, a thrill where I'm like, I don't know what anyone's saying. I, but you always know someone somewhere speaks English, but just it's really fun to be on a train and have it be like, Dungan Sampanchan, Papa, Schlunkendonken, and and then it just different, like, bing bong. You're like, this is so crazy. So, I did that one year. Another year I got a gig in Alaska. And, you know, so it's like stuff like that that's fun. I'm always like, this is wild. And then there's some years where I just do nothing because or I've been in a relationship and I go away with my partner. But it's like there's just some years where it's like I don't feel like doing anything. It's not like I don't feel like celebrating my birthday. It's just the things I would do to celebrate, I do all the time anyway. I go to parties. I go out with friends to have wine. I get manicures and pedicures. I get a facial like I don't feel like doing anything. Also, the COVID... So last year, I did this thing where I rolled calls all day. I I had friends FaceTime me and I would talk to like a million people that I would have invited to a party in 15-minute increments. And that was cute. And it was height of a pandemic. This year, I was like, I'm going to throw the biggest party in August. Like everyone's vaccinated. And now it's like, oh, you can't do that because of the Delta variant. Okay. I'm like, I have so busy this August. I have a ton of interviews for Anxiety Bites to do. Um a few days after my birthday. I have a ton of books to read to prep for them. I have this podcast and I'm writing this Hallmark movie that's due Labor Day weekend. And it's like, I think my birthday might just be a normal day. And if people want to text me, happy birthday, whatever, that's great. But I literally don't care. Like, I'm so happy to be here on planet Earth. I I just want it to be another normal day. I'm not trying to be cool or like, I'm secretly sad. Like, I'm literally in a good place where I'm like, Oh, yeah, I don't even care. Like, I just don't. I used to be like, oh, man. then I'm one year. I was like, I got a tattoo on my birthday. You know, I I don't feel like it. Like, I've had a really fun summer, you know, and I just have a lot of work to do. And what would make me happy is to just kind of like not have any alcohol for a few weeks, like eat really clean. Um, All of that helps with stress, like when I'm working work, do a lot of walking, like just kind of have a health month and just kind of like do not like I just don't feel like doing anything 
So I'm not going to, but it feels so good. Like, I don't feel like I have to apologize or be like, yeah, I was, I, you know, I have a lot of friends and don't worry, I could do something. But it's like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's my birthday. I don't really care. Like, in a fun way. Like, oh, I'm just, I don't know. This year is not really. I, I, anyone, anyone else had that? Like, it has nothing to do with the pandemic, but you had a birthday this year and you're just like, I literally don't care, but not in a bad way. Um, email me, I seem fun at gmail.com. Now let's read some emails. This is from, oh, somebody sent me a beautiful picture. Jen, here's what I do when I'm listening to the No Fun with Jen Kirkman podcast. She sent me a photo of her cooking baked salmon cubes. They look delicious with broccoli. And that's going to go with the teriyaki sauce. Um, thank you. Anyone who's cooking, hope that comes out good. Tell me what you do when you listen to the podcast. I seem fun at gmail.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is... uh. An old one. Jen, I'm a week or so behind on your podcast, but I just listened to you explaining how someone wrote a review for for a psychiatrist you're planning to try out, specifically noting that the doctor is, quote, definitely not a Nazi. I actually don't think this is an attempt at humor. I know lots of people who lazily use this phrase just to explain that a person is not overly rigid or difficult or transactional, which I guess is the most sanitized idea of Nazis possible, but still pretty much in regular use, at least here in Chicago. It could be an exaggerated way of saying the doctor is into alternative medicine, but it's hard to decipher based only on that review that probably didn't help too much but i figured it wouldn't hurt to share good luck daniel <laughs> i think i wrote daniel back and i was like did you just mansplain what colloquially colloquially using the word nazi means um i did know that everyone um i was just making a joke on the show okay jen i'm looking forward to your hot takes and the toxic male comedian storylines in two of my favorite shows hacks and feel good I'm pretty sure that you will be all over Hacks as it is loaded with great stars. Gene Smart rules, employs some amazing TV comedy writers and tells the story of a female comedian in her hard-fought career. But are you also watching Feel Good on Netflix? I really hope we get to hear some trademark rants as a result. Preach sister, loving the pod and dreading the return to normalcy that the end of the pandemic will usher in Michelle. Michelle, yes, I don't really talk about this stuff on the air because I... I my life is a female comic who deals with sexism. So like in real life, I don't really want to watch shows about that in my spare time. But I did watch Hacks because I write for the other female stand-up TV show, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I always just like to see what other people are doing. And I do like Hacks. My thing with Hacks, though, is like I don't agree with anything. I never know characters' names in shows. The young girl, Lorraine Newman's daughter. I'm like, is she supposed to be right? Because she's entitled. She's like... Like, to not take this job is, like, she's a a typical entitled young person who thinks, like, all old people have nothing to offer her. And the fact that, like, it takes her so much to respect this woman, I'm just like, I hate this character. And I think we're supposed to hate this character, but I love Jean Smart. She's brilliant in it. And I like the show. I just, you know, I'm a little burnt out on stand-up. Feel good, I fucking love. Mae Martin's a, a acquaintance of mine. I've known her through, like, uh doing stuff in Australia. And um, I think last time it was in London, I ran into her and 
Um, I I just love Mae Martin. I am just such a fan. I think she's so um, just unique. You know, I like her. Uh, I like her show a lot. And what I like, but the, what I like about Feel Good is not even the stand up parts. I just I like the exploration of their relationship. And you know, I like anything that's about relationships and people learning. You know, um, about you know what I mean? Like having real intimacy as opposed to, um, you know, you know, like being able to, I'm not, I'm trying not to do spoilers, but, um, season two was really good. Anyway, I'm trying to find other emails, but yeah, so I don't have any hot takes or rants because I don't really get totally riled up about TV shows as much as I do my own real life. Does that make sense? But, um, the I will say that there was a phenomenon that was happening on Hacks where female comics were watching it and then going fucking ape shit on Twitter about like exposing men in comedy that have been horrible. Um, and we're all like, we've been watching Hacks. I mean, Hacks makes me feel old and scared and forgotten. Like, I don't know if younger comedians like have any idea that like just my presence in the world as much as anyone else's like is part of like all women that have done comedy have just in effect by doing it helped younger people have doors open. And so, I don't know, sometimes I feel like people forget my generation. Like they're like Joan Rivers paved the way. And it's like, and then also some girls in Brooklyn did too. Hi, I'm here, you know? And I do already feel like I've had to step aside for younger people, which is fine. I just, that men usually don't. Anyway, don't get me started. Jen, have you ever considered being a lawyer? Let me explain. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Guys, I don't want to work ever. I want to be retired. Uh, but I will tell you, I know I haven't even read this email, but I'm going to tell you something. You're very astute because most comedians, Guy Branham, Demetra Martin, they were lawyers um, before they were comedians. There is a definite tie-in with the way we use our brains. But um, no, I am only interested in uh, entertaining, being a performer or helping others using my communication skills. But lawyering is so much more, as you guys probably know better than me who are lawyers, than giving that great speech in the courtroom. Which I would be so bad at because um, I tend to go off script. Anyway, I must say I've never thought much of Matt Damon, probably dating back to how quickly he dumped Minnie Driver once Goodwill Hunting was a success and his Q score went up. She apparently found out about no longer being his girlfriend by watching him being interviewed on TV saying that he was recently single. I couldn't understand the recent controversy on him admitting to retiring uh, the F word slur because of how clueless he could be as a 41 year old gay man, no matter how much I and my brethren reclaim the word. If I hear someone who isn't gay say the F word, even if I know they're supportive of gay rights and all of that, it cuts. It takes me back to the chants and cat calls in middle and high school, back to when I was afraid to speak or gesture as I seemed to tell too much about myself to people who only wanted to tear me down before I had a chance to really know and claim myself. You didn't clear Mr. Damon of his ignorance, but you masterfully illustrated a Boston area background of the colloquial use of the slur and its derivatives that provided valuable context. I mean, it's not like it still wasn't used as a slur for gay people, but it also seemed to be like how people would do or say that's so gay to mean that's so corny or dorky or square. I'm still no fan of Mr. Damon, and I know you didn't set out to defend or clear him, but I do now place his admission of recently retiring the slur as being representative of his Hollywood bubble of willful ignorance, not just brash maliciousness. 
It was the equivalent of, Your Honor, members of the jury, just look at my client, Mr. Oscar winner Jason Bourne, Goodwill Hunting, and Bonehead. He's an actor. He's a privileged, famous, rich, straight, white male actor. Those monikers are mostly helpful in the world, but they can also serve as blinders, like those carriages, like those carriage horses have on to block their peripheral vision. And we need to stop having those in this day and age, but that's a discussion for another time. Why should he change or update his vocabulary if everyone around him, his fans, his employees, his employers, praise and affirm everything he does? Who better to educate him than his daughter, someone who won't compliment the emperor on his new clothes like his entourage will? Good for her. My client, Mr. Matt Damon, is guilty of being a bonehead, sure, but isn't society guilty of letting other people like him, the rich, famous, privileged, straight white males of the world, get away with it for far too long. I respectfully request probation and four weeks of public service and drag. I appreciated your candid story about using the word in your stand-up, but you were open to learning and growing, and that's what's important. There's no point in playing gotcha. As everyone has said and done awful things, it's the growth and redemption that is important. I'm not saying I can ever think of Bill Cosby. Well, that's different. I mean, he raped 64 people, and I've never, like... Oh, trust me, I've never been homophobic. It was just, it was me thinking I get to say words because I'm such an ally. By the way, somebody wrote in the comments, I forget if it was Patreon or somewhere, that that the origin of the word is a gay slur, which I knew that. I, I What I was saying is though people, they disassociate in their mind and they go, no, I know the origin's a gay slur, but I'm saying it to mean this. Like, no, I knew that, of course. Um, but that was my point in the story. Okay, anyway, um, blah, blah, blah. You'd make a fantastic lawyer, though. Maybe it's just the way you use comedy to paint a picture. Not a lot of us see something not right at the surface. Well, by the way, who, who this is uh, Chuck, right? Chuck. Chuck, you should be the lawyer because that was a great speech you wrote. Um, to add a little to the colloquial use of words, I'm from Kentucky. I grew up with the word toboggan, meaning a knitted hat one would wear in the winter or a sled or to go sledding in the snow, tobogganing. Cut to 2002, and I'm in Midtown Manhattan. It's cold out. I go into a shop asking if they have any toboggans. The clerk said, what, in the middle of Manhattan? What do you want to do with it on Broadway? I was indignant. Wear it on my head, of course. It's cold out. I would have been like, get out of here, you freak, because I'd never heard of toboggan as a hat. The guy just shook his head. It wasn't until I was out on the street that I realized how we miscommunicated. I asked around and found out the use of toboggan for a ski hat is a Southern thing. Another example, um, oh, I won't even say this because I don't like the... Yeah. Okay. I'm loving the Patreon and the raw audio version. I listen to that part when I'm driving. It's a really great bonus that downloads easily and doesn't depend on the bandwidth of the streaming video when I'm driving between Palm Springs and Los Angeles. Matt Damon should pay you for your somewhat defensive him. Oh God, I didn't want to defend him at all. At all. I think he's an idiot. I think he's so boring and basic and no. You should excerpt that out and tweet an Instagram a version of it with him tagged, and I bet it could pick up steam. Oh, I don't want anything to do with any of this. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck, for writing in. Um, someone sent me the origin of Rick Rolling. I'll get to that another time. Um, what is your process for coming up with ideas? Ed, I do not have one. Um, I literally don't. Um, I'm never even trying to come up with ideas. If I'm uh, anything with stand-up has just popped into my head, just popped into my head. So the more free time I give myself, the better I can come up with ideas. That's why I was so grateful to um, have that year off from the pandemic because I'll be like, oh, I should do a TV show about this. But it's always something that's happened in my life. I got divorced. Let's do a TV show about that. You know, I don't want kids. Let's do a TV. You know, um, I just don't have a process. I don't sit and come up with ideas because I think ideas are spiritual little beings that visit us. I'll tell you when I 
come up with ideas. I'm getting a massage and I'm laying there and I'm like, ah, shit. I just thought of something. I should, um, I should do a bit about this or something like that. And I'll be like, try to remember it. Don't forget. Like anytime I cannot just jump up from where I am and write something down, that's when I come up with ideas. Always, always, always. And walking. If I can make myself walk without listening to a podcast, um, ideas pop into my head. But, um, I really don't have a process. I just, guys, I just feel it out. I'm just like a hippie dip. Um, All right. Oh, I was supposed to read an article about work. Remember, I was like, August is work month. I'm going to read articles about working. Um, I'll do that next week. Who gives, like anyone's paying attention to that. Uh, She said she was going to do something about work. I got to go watch White Lotus. Can you fucking believe it premiered an hour ago? the last episode, and I chose to podcast instead so that I could get the video version out early to my video version subscribers. I know I said I wasn't going to advertise Patreon, but look, here I am doing it. Anyway, um, if you want to buy merchandise, buy my books or my albums, buy me a coffee or join the Patreon, you can go or, or subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's right. That's a thing. You can go to the links in the show notes and enjoy your life in there. Until next week, have fun.